You like D&D, Audrey Hepburn, Fangoria, Harry Houdini, and Croquet. You can't swim, you can't dance, and you don't know karate. Face it, you're never gonna make it. I don't want to make it. I just want to listen to the Going On Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. Yo, what's going on out there, you cool guys and gals? Why did I take it back to the 50s? I don't know what's going on right now. You know what you reminded me of with that? Do you remember the the commercials for Bazooka Bubblegum? It was like 10 years ago. Kids, where is Granny? Don't make me call a nanny. But we don't want a nanny. All we want is bubblegum. Bazooka, zooka, bubblegum. Bubblegum, bazooka, zooka, bubblegum. Some gum. What the hell? <laughs> the only reason I remember that is because I parodied it in a fucking, like, sketch video, like, in 2008. So, it's just burnt into my memory. So this is gonna be a really weird, uh, transition. <laughs> I think everyone just kind of knows by now what's going on. We played it safe, and we didn't talk about... Uh, surviving R. Kelly when it was out. But from what I hear, in relation to what, we, what we're going to be discussing briefly, because it was a lifetime presentation, it was, like, a bit more sensationalized, like, in the editing, and, like, they made it like a TV documentary. Leaving Neverland, on the other hand, is dry as a fucking bone, with the most, like, the utmost respect to the people being interviewed and nothing else. I was the hugest fan of Michael. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I couldn't help but think of you. <laughs> Honestly, as I saw this, and, and I just had that flashback to like all those times when I was younger, and I remember hearing people defending Michael around me and sort of being like, "Well, that makes sense. Oh, well, he's just he's just weird. You know, he he didn't have a childhood, so you know, like, ah, it can't be that. Is it? You know what I mean? Like when you're in that circle and you're just like, yeah, it's just got to be that he's just that weird. And it's like, yes, he is that weird. And also that's not okay because he totally did that. And you should be able to tell from these obvious patterns that someone who's doing that sort of stuff would do. You know what I mean? You don't have loyalty to an artist especially if it's like you don't know the fucking person all you know about this person is the music and that can only go so far and man like i was the same way to a degree um i wasn't huge into mj as a kid but there definitely was a phase where like i bought the double disc greatest hits and i watched the music videos a lot and i listened to his stuff a good bit like when i was like when i was about 12. when something hits you that young you know what i mean and like your mom's listening to it like this is a part of like the family you know what I mean? this is a part of culture you know what i mean and i know this has come up on the podcast before a couple times actually uh before the documentary dropped but i'm just gonna go ahead and say this um to anyone listening right now who is about to try to post YouTube links or articles or whatever, I'm just going to say there is nothing you can post that is going to change my mind on this. I 100% believe these two. Michael Jackson absolutely did all that shit. Please don't say anything in public before actually watching it because... I've seen a lot of people that have, like, a couple of people that I know that have, like, publicly been like, oh, yeah, man, that's not, like, I'm just not going to watch it because that just doesn't seem right. And why would they do this? And and they're just asking for money. And I had seen somebody do this, like, right after I had just watched it. And just, like, it had viscerally hit me. And so I wasn't expecting them to do it. And I was just like, oh, dude, you don't even know. Oh. And, like, just, like, them saying, oh, I didn't even watch it because I'm just like, oh, man, oh, you look really bad right now. Like, this is the equivalent of, like, 
reading the article before you decide to share your thoughts on it. Like, please watch this thing before you, you know, you can either not say anything about it or you can like just don't say it or you can watch it. And then if you feel so compelled to present your evidence afterwards, then do so. But with the knowledge of what they said in your mind, there are certain details in their story that link up in ways that are like, oh, this is the cycle of an abuser. And it, like in little ways that are just like that reveals something about his psyche that is just like, that's weird that he revealed that to these different people. Something we were talking about before we started recording, um, I had an interesting experience over the weekend. Kim Petras, an artist I just recently got into, uh, was at a Powerpuff Girls themed like fashion show over the weekend and she was posting all these Instagram stories and all these pictures and it was taking videos with all these other artists and I was like, well shit, I really like her music, let me see what they're about. And you know how YouTube works and the algorithm, you fucking get lost in the rabbit hole of recommendations. Sooner or later, I came across an artist named Queen, spelled uh, Q-V-E-E-N, Herbie, H-E-R-B-Y. And I watched a couple of videos, and I'm sitting there like, this is okay. I am a bit put off, though, that it's like a straight-up white woman walking around with these typically black woman hairstyles. And it's like, if she wants to rap, that's fine, but now it's almost becoming too, too much. Like, kind of culture vulture-ish. Further I dig, I find out that it's actually Amy from Carmen. What I thought was weird, that when I went on Twitter and I wanted to see what other people were saying about her, I saw that a lot of the comments were all people saying, how am I just now finding out about her? How did I not know about this rebranding? It's been years, but I'm just now finding out about it. A lot of people had the exact same experience I did where the video just showed up in the YouTube recommended videos over the weekend. Now, I know YouTube has an algorithm and whatever, but I think it's a bit more specific than that to where it's odd that we all had the same experience. Like, normally, not everyone's recommendeds are gonna be that identical. But I'm seeing person after person being like, how am I just now? Okay, are you thinking that maybe, yeah, there's some sponsored content by way of, oh, your next recommended video is just gonna so happen to be this video somebody paid for. It's weird because sometimes like, I've noticed that'll happen multiple times where like the same video will come up regardless of what I'm watching. Like, it'll be like, no, I know you wanna watch this next. It's like. Well, that's not even related to what I just watched. So there's this uh, Japanese song that came out in like the 80s. Like there's this genre called city pop and it sounds like 80s music, but it's like, it sounds like music from like a, you know, a different place where it's like the drums are more hollow and just like, you know what I mean? It's just like- Oh, it, I need like, that shit. That sounds yeah, so good. Yeah, it's so cool. It's like alternate reality 80s. <laughs> this song just happened to be a really big hit like back then and then it was just like i guess somebody just uploaded it to youtube and it just happened to start getting into people's recommendations and i think just by way of like people in other countries listening to like you know people in other countries listening to our pop music too right and then they also go back and they listen to their japanese stuff or their you know taiwanese stuff or their whatever stuff and it was just like so the algorithm was probably just going like oh well they're listening to that well i don't know you know any nationality differences or anything like that so i'm assuming that they like 
this too. And so like, I remember I came across it and I was just like, yo, this shit is jamming. Like, yo, what is this? Like, how did I just find out about this? It's like, oh, does someone do like a remix or something like that? And I think that possibly happened too. But I just thought it was funny, like going into the comment section uh, again, I kept seeing like, you know, similar to what you said, like, yo, I just found out about this, uh, like randomly thanks to the YouTube algorithm and I'm jamming, you know what I mean? So it's just like, yo, this is crazy. Like music, it, like technology is accidentally making us, uh, you know, shrinking our borders concerning our, uh, music consumption, you know? Is this the singularity? <laughs> hey, one nation under a groove. I dig it. <laughs> We've got two patron requested albums. Uh, we got to talk about this week. Uh, one from my page and one from all RC's page. And if there's an album that you would like to hear us talk about, head on over to either patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse. It's up to you. Now, which one are we going to start out with? Because I didn't realize which one was older. The older one is the David Diggs album. Now, you may remember David Diggs from last year's explosive uh, films. Uh, what, what was that joint called? Um, I, I want to say brain spotting, but that's not it. Blind spotting. <laughs> <laughs> you might remember him from the the film Blind Spotting, which incorporated a lot of like hip hop elements into it, which was really fucking cool. I enjoyed it so much. It was like watching a fucking nineties music video. You know what I mean? Like with like with those type of like exciting visuals of a um hype Williams video, but like, you know, with a deep message behind it. It was fucking awesome. And 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 David Diggs is no stranger to the podcast as we reviewed two projects of his before including uh, Splendor and Mercy, the clipping album, uh, the space-themed clipping album, as well as the Hamilton soundtrack. This album, uh, by the way, was requested by Thomas Herderman, Small Things to a Giant by David Diggs, his debut album, might I say his humble beginnings. Very, very humble. This, uh... <laughs> you... <Yeah>. This is... <laughs> This is not required reading. <laughs> There's a reason this ain't on Spotify. I'm just going to go ahead and say this is that. the footnotes. <laughs> I, I, I imagine they asked David while they were putting up all the clipping stuff. Hey, you want to put up that small? Nah, it ain't necessary. It just kind of feels like someone honestly was just like, oh, oh, he think he's so, he think he good now, huh? He think he, he think he flashing with that. I, I'm going to show his ass. I remind him where he came from. <laughs> This is very mediocre. Oh, very middle of the road. Oh, he's trying so hard to be like pop and like childish Gambino, but like with more book learning smarts. You know what I mean? Like he. Oh my God! There's one song in particular that I really wanted to note. Um, Jess grew. Oh my God! That chorus. <laughs> I the just Sim grew. That tries so hard to be a mainstream mid two thousands rap beat, but it's just like too loud. Like. Pharrell, even Pharrell would tell you to turn the fucking synth players down, you know what I mean? I'm glad you said mid-2000s, because I, exactly. so many of the beats on this album are so dated by 2012 standards. Like, they sound like, yeah, like Ooh. 2006, 2007. Like, this is what dated sounds like now, you know what I mean? Oh my god. <laughs> I, I want to say that this was like, oh no, it was uploaded in 2012, but it's really from 2005, but I don't think that's the case. I want it to be, but I don't think that's the case. We don't get a great intro, uh, fresh from the hood. I thought the bass in the beat was pretty dope, but other than that, the sample and the, again, 
dated like laser sounds like the pew 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 yeah, like that like, was, he t- was that trying Ugh. to be futuristic maybe like maybe that's uh, what he was, was going for was that futuristic for 2012 I'm, I'm, am I already that old that I can't even remember oh what was futuristic in 2012 flying cars and laser sounds on Bandcamp. the only lyric I think I have written down from this whole album bass hits for these bass wits in the basement I'm basically based in this bass from the bass shit that was dope. That was pretty cool. Small things to adjust. Like, uh, the first song was like, I don't know how I feel about him just yet. And the second song, I was just like, okay, I know. And I, I knew because, like, the, I first listened to the song, and I was just like, a mm, couple of wonky, you know, metaphors, and they don't really work. But, you know, I think I enjoyed it. And then, like, I had to write a note for something, like, uh, for the Michael Jackson thing, so I went, went up and wrote it. And then I came back down to the lyrics that I quoted, you know, uh, under, the, the, uh, under the song, and I was just like, Ooh, that's a bad. Ooh, that's oh, nah, no, I don't like this. <laughs> like it was just like as soon as I was reminded, as soon as I took a second away and then came back, it was just like nope. <laughs> the lines weren't good, and the flow was like awkward. Like uh, like he's, the pacing dude, was sloppy. There's so many moments where he tries to be cool. You know what I mean? Where he's just like, oh, I'm gonna put on the cool flow, but I'm gonna be like the cannabis of the 21st century. He does say, I'm gonna throw it a little. He said, he said, um, I got the icy flow. They want similes as in like, you know, but really that's no different from how I was taught to flow and uncover my telltale heart, Edgar Allan Poe. And it's just said, uh, uh. as soon as you said <laughs> cannabis flow, it reminded me of nighttime, which feels like at this point, the most complete and full, probably the best song on the album. Um, overall, it's got really cool strings over the chorus and, like, ominous strings later on during the second verse. But I couldn't help but notice that in the first verse, he's trying this, and you may have to listen to it again, but this Aesop Rock flow. I wrote down, it's like a party song written by Aesop Rock. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm glad we're both on the same page there. Yeah, because, like... Production-wise, it was way better than all the tracks before it. But it was just like, it's trying to be a party song, but it's trying to be really retrospective about it. But it's like, ooh, we're partying, but we're really not feeling good. But it's like way too sad for it to even slightly work. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. David's lyrics and the bars, those are like, you don't even need to pay attention to those. Like, (laughs) you're not missing shit. Really, the beats are what I noted more often than the actual lyrical content. That was the only line I took down was from, what, the first track? It goes from okay to, in my opinion, nighttime, best track. And then it just fucking falls to shit. Can you tell me what the fuck was I write rap songs? <laughs> oh my god. Yo, homie was showing his hand a little too much there. Boo! <laughs> Holy shit. Dude. Weakest beat, weakest lyrics. That song was so trash. Can I just say, this is the most... Like, sadly self-conscious song I've ever heard in my life. Who is this? Why does he wear his pants so long? Why is he in the club with his t-shirt on? What? <laughs> what? It's like, why, why are you swimming with a t-shirt on? Okay. Like, why are you in the club with a t-shirt on? Like, what? What What do you think people are thinking about you, dude? Like, what? <laughs> 
do you really think you're in the club and you think the the ladies are judging you? Why is that guy wearing a shirt while in the club? It's a fool. Why he dancing all alone? Can, can a dude not dance alone? <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck do you do when you go to a club? Are you just, you have to find a dance partner immediately, or else people will, will criticize you from across people, the room. People will start to talk. <laughs> I write raps. I, I write rap songs. I write rap. Oh my what, god. What'd that boy do? Ooh. It's just like self awareness without any introspection. I'm just gonna go ahead and say this. This had a very similar feel to the Chris Webby album. Um,. Maybe it's because they're both debut albums from independent artists, and man, we have we've reviewed so many albums from independent artists that have the same fuck like sound. attitude and sound, yeah, of like the I've got shit to prove. It's like yeah, I got something to prove, but I'm so carefree, and I and I got a hippie chick that I'm fucking. And it's always like a hippie chick. Like what the fuck's up with that? Write an interesting song. Pick a topic. Who fucking had that song? Pick a topic. Isaiah Rashad. Isaiah Rashad. Pick a fucking topic. Okay, what's your idea of a topic? Um, that th that I write raps. No, no. <laughs> you're you're being too self aware right now. It's like okay, uh, how good my songs are. No, so come on. Like it can be about you, but like base level brag My girlfriend's shit. mad that I'm on tour cuz <laughs> my songs are really great. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a dream. I'm chasing that dream. I, I like, know oh. who was the other guy? Who was the other guy who like just the most like <laughs> just started rapping in the 90s like he heard rap in the 90s and was like, "Yep, doesn't need to get any better than that." Oh fuck, it's so hard to keep track anymore. You know what I'm talking about though, <laughs> yeah. like I'm going to make it, and I got the Drake beard. And you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, I, I feel so bad. I, if it doesn't feel right to hate on underground rappers, right? Because it's just like, I mean, they're fucking doing their best, you know? Man, no, because I hear underground rappers fucking bringing fire, and when you're not, you need to have it pointed out to you. And we can hate on David Diggs because he's doing fine. He, yeah, 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 exactly. And here's my thing. They want to be underground, and you can hear in this album and in the other album that sense of, I want to keep the talent and skill, but I got to give a little something to the mainstream. You know, maybe maybe not just one track. Maybe I just got to do this track, and I'm going to be lyrical on this track, but I got to give it something. You know, and it's just like I hear them doing the balancing act, and, like, I hear it not being balanced. You know what I'm trying to say? Oh, yeah. Like, we're, like in the sense of just, like, this song would not pop in a club. Like, you know what I mean? No, and, like, their songs on this EP, like, uh, Trappers, like, really great beat. Drums and cymbals on that track. It's clashing. It's so loud. And then like it's, like, one. it just overpowered the lyrical content, like, entirely. The only joint I liked was Don't Let Me Fall. I just thought that one was boring. Because it was just, like, it had an interesting lyric about, like, you know, looking against the rain and how it's him against the window pane of the glass on a sad day. You know, and it was like, don't let me fall. And you kind of heard, don't let me fall, don't let me fall. And it was just like, oh, it kind of sounded like, you know, actual falling. And you hear, like, the piano keys and shit. It's like, all right, you know, that's at least, like, working with the imagery and stuff. You know, I thought that one was was too cool. I didn't want to forget that. I thought all four of the last tracks, I wrote rap songs, Don't Let Me Down, about my paper and small things to a giant outro were just like unfucking needed. I hated the absolutely nothing beat on the outro. Like it was so entirely boring. Oh, oh it was like a, this 
15 to 20 second intro of like this old school guy going like, excuse me, uh, I'm going to need you to turn your radio all the way up because oh what you're going to hear God. is so incredible. It's just like, all right. <laughs> what you are about to hear, like that, you hear that shit on rap albums <laughs> all the time. It's so trope. Like, yeah, Missy Elliott did it, you know, like, turn the volume up. This is a Missy Elliott exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get that, you gotta get that one guy, uh, fucking, the princess is here! <laughs> oh, Jazzy Fizz? <laughs> you need him. Like, you need, like, no old Another school Another Jazzy sample. Fizzle production-shizzle. <laughs> exactly, you need that. You don't need some old, crusty-ass sample of turn the volume all the fuck off with that shit. So lame. Man, I, I wish there was more to say, but... Yeah, I, I give this about, like, a two and a half. I came out with a 2.7, so I rounded it up to a three. Where that fucking guy, uh, and he grew up to be... In clipping, now you know <laughs> the rest of the story. Yes! Oh my god. You can skip over this shit all together. And uh, oh, on top of that, though, we've got another Patreon request. We've got, the name might sound familiar, we got another Chris Webby request. Mm, John Speciale, thank you very much. You requested uh, Chris Webby's Chemically Imbalanced, his uh, 2015 album, and um, it's better than the other one we talked about, I think. He's not my favorite, but I would be really happy if most rappers sounded like this. You know, like, not everyone's gonna be great, but it's like, alright, th this is the perfect average. Above average. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not I'm not gonna hate if you if you dig above average. But, like, you know... It's cool. It's cool. You know what I mean? When you first told me that we were reviewing the album and I was like, oh shit, we're going all the fucking way back to the debut. We just said, like, we were joking about, oh, it's Wednesday. You know, the follow-up's got to be next Wednesday. I was hoping we'd be doing next Wednesday. <laughs> going, you know, in the logical progression, in chronological order. No, nah, we're, we're fucking George fu Lucas in this shit. We're going all the way back to the prequels. We're going back to the bad ideas. Oh, to Boss <laughs> Nass and Jar Jar Binks. We're going back to Watto. No, um, <laughs> this album is not Jar Jar Binks, Boss Nass, or Watto. Um, but yeah, it's basically like... Episode six. It's not. It's, it's not no episode five. Yeah, like as you look back, you're like it's I, right. you know, not that bad. But you know, I'm it, not. It, it has its memorable points. Look, if it comes on on TV, I'm not gonna change the channel. You know what I mean? Oh, like, watch the Sarlacc pit scene. You know, that's about <laughs> it. So easy had Im immediately infectious beat with the little high uh, voice in the background. It sounds like a cat or some shit. <laughs> a cat. Yeah, I, I don't know what it was. It just sounded like there's like a cat just singing in the background. Just, okay. I was like that. That just put me at ease. Like I was just like, uh, like after the first song, you know. Again, this is just like after the first song. I'm not sure how I feel about him because he had one line where he was just like, um, "I'm sure to be a legend, impressing with every story told, going balls to the wall like I'm fucking y'all through a glory hole." And I was like, "Okay, all right, all right, that wasn't that bad, you know." And, but then he has a line where he's like, um, "Turned down a lot of deals and I chose to make a stand." Fuck selling out, homie, that ain't the plan. Why push the envelope? I'm tackling the mailman. I didn't think it was a bad line, but the fact that it, like, ended a thing and they paused the beat, like... Yeah! This is a big fuck deal, you gotta pay attention to this shit. I was like, I mean, it wasn't that good. <laughs> That's what makes you, like, hate it more. <laughs> You're just like, you know, originally I didn't care. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, just, it's not a punchline, but it's the fact that you brought so much attention to it. That it's like, well... 
It wasn't that good. Speaking of which, uh, that reminds me of the uh, the House Party Cipher interlude, which, can I just say, the interludes oh on this album, MC Yo. Chris length. Yo! <laughs> <laughs> he has the MC Chris skits. But he can keep these. I'll listen to the fucking MC Chris skits. Goddamn. The skits are bad. You hate the Meandering. skits. Meandering. I don't like the skits. You're right. See, I was going to say, with, uh, with House Party Cipher, at least that had a, like, a fucking verse in it like it gave you some lyrical content at the very least i wrote down how long one of them took to get into because this shit was starting to piss me off okay so blunt ride cypher two minutes and 55 seconds until any actual rap a starts. song it took a song's length of time those better be some funny fucking or entertaining as hell three minutes to make me wait for an okay verse exactly you know, like, it, when every time the verse ended, you hear the people going, oh, and it was just like, all right. Like, mm, you know, okay. especially, it's about the presentation. That's what makes it worse. Yep. If this had just been the verse and you ended like that, maybe I would have given you props. But the fact that you've made me wait. And the <laughs> fact know? that you're making a big fuck deal, it's your debut. A fucking group of people going, oh, is it going to make me be like, oh, yeah, fucking Chris Webby. He's, he's it's a, not like a he's fucking a laugh track where with. you can just make people go, oh, oh okay, well, they're, they're cheering along with it. Here's where you're supposed to cheer. Yeah, exactly. Like, I can still hear what you're saying, you know. Yeah, like, to make it realistic, there should have been at least one person like, all right, all right. Like, <laughs> come on. Oh, I loved Brimlow. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, Yeah. Where he's like, now they all love me or hate me. Like, there ain't no in-between. You know, he's talking about all the haters. Like, oh, there, there's so many people that just want my attention all the time. But then there's also people that are saying, fuck you. And it's like, they, they either love me or, or hate me. Like, there's no in-between. And as soon as I heard that lyric, I'm like, I'm kind of in-between, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you just slowly raise your hand. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Webby. I will actually leave you alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I see you, I'll go, yeah, it's Chris Webby. <laughs> hey, isn't that... Uh, what do you know? <laughs> Going back to what we were talking about before, an album with, like, really hardly any topics? I got about eight tracks in, and I was like, all right, that was okay for... Oh, <laughs> and then saw how much there was left. I was just like, oh, man. Get comfy. Like, you know when you look at the, the Spotify playlist and then you see it goes off of, you know, your screen? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> the topic of which i guess you can tell from from the name of the album he's chemically imbalanced that you're gonna have some songs on here about drugs you're gonna have some songs about how cool drugs are and you're gonna have your song about how maybe not so cool drugs are because you have to even it out <sighs> like it was okay when like we listened to danny brown and he's got, like, four fuck songs about, like, I'm doing cocaine, I'm fucking losing my brain. It's like, okay, cool, like, all right. And then there's a song about, like, hey, this shit might kill me. It's like, all right, that's believable. When Danny Brown tells you that I'm fucked up and I'm not happy about this shit, I believed it. He has that Eminem copycat syndrome where it's like, I'm going to say these outrageous lyrics, but I'm not going to give you any of the, the, the oomph and the, like, anger in it that makes Eminem's lyrics 
sound like, oh, shit, don't fuck with him because he might have actually did that shit. You know what I mean? Like, don't you hear that all the time? Well, like, I feel like um, cunning linguists, I love them. Love them, fucking love them. But whenever they do the I'm an over-the-top, you know, bad guy rapper, and it's always just like, oh, get out of here. I, I don't believe. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's going like, to tussle his hair and send him on his way. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, all right, sure, you know. Mm. So when he said, like, Ooh, you know I'm I'm killing. Well, it was like the first lyric where it just sounded way over the top on the album. I was just like, "All right, you're not saying that like someone who does that though." Like the first big punchline already kind of disappointed me. Jury's out. Fuck it. I don't care. I'm a vent and get fucking intense like Native American sex. He goes out. He goes out of his way to be like, "Well, no, I got to be respectful. I'm gonna say Native American instead of Indian because you know I got to be politically correct." But d- d- does he still think, like, Native Americans all sit around in, in fucking tents and, and like, teepees? <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? He has one of those, um, no matter what type of line it, what, it was, if it was slightly clever, use it, use it, use it. You know mm. what I mean? Where it's just like, uh. you didn't, you, like, a wild card and the other guy, like, you left nothing on the cutting room floor. You know what I mean? What's the opposite of, of a store closing, everything must go? Does everything must stay? <laughs> We can't spare anything. We have the bare minimum of, of fire lines. We gotta keep them all, even if they don't hit that good. Like he has a joint where he says, "I keep, I kept my circle tight. It never loosened up, and cut the snakes out like Medusa up at Supercuts." I was like, "All right, I gotta give him that. That was a fucking dope line." <laughs> I don't want to completely clown on him, but it was just like the sort of obvious trying to go for the mainstream stuff in certain aspects, and it was just like, I guess just through time and seeing what the sort of gimmicks and sounds were of the day you know what i mean like we're kind of removed from that time just a little bit and so it's kind of like oh yeah that's what you kind of did to try to go and you know sort of you know I, i'm a little nerdy but you know i can still uh, i can still show up at the football party you know what i mean i thought the production was really good i didn't have any problems with the production I don't remember there being any songs that I, like, entirely was, like, not here for. I thought they were all pretty okay. This was definitely, like, more polished and and shined off than David Diggs' album. Uh, I actually well, yeah. enjoyed I enjoyed uh, Roll a Doobie, actually. I, I thought that was actually a dope track. I didn't think but, I was going to like it, but, yeah, it was pretty good. Maybe it was because it came after Blunt Ride Cypher, and I was just like, oh, 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 cool, an actual song. Okay. <laughs> these choruses bro fuck off and oh no i was like for both of them i was like these hooks feel a little too simple like yeah. we accidentally turned the song in and forgot to record the rest of the chorus <laughs> like oh no was like it's like we come in the club and they're saying oh no and we come in the club and they're saying oh no why why are they saying, oh, no? <laughs> Do they not want you there? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? <laughs> you care to specify? Yeah, like, are like, oh, no, he's going to make us look uncool because he's such a cool guy. Or, oh, no, we just don't fucking want him here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, can go in two very different directions, Chris. When I saw the name of the song was Fuck Off, I was like, okay, this could either be really bad or, you know, it might have some potential. And I don't remember hating it. Just basing a song off the phrase fuck off is always like a red flag. Like, uh oh, he's it, it the angry guy. It's of 1998 fucking 
angsty hip hop shit. You oh, know what he's, I mean? He's fucking there with his tongue out and both middle fingers up. Ah, yeah, he doesn't when respect everyone was misspelling their words on purpose with a cloud of smoke above their head. You know, everyone's uh, trying to. Yeah. You know, Mm. The very first lyric is, check my lyrics up on Rap Genius. I'm a rap genius. <laughs> That's right. No. Why did you think, why do you think someone's going to think you're a rap genius when you just rhyme rap genius with rap genius? I just want to know why. <laughs> and I don't remember there being too many references on this album that I had, that I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to remember that later so I can look it up on Rap Genius because I don't know what he's talking about. Exactly. There wasn't like, oh, shit, what did that mean, you know? And he did reference some things like he was like, oh, yeah, now I'm on my Razor Ramon shit. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I got to give you points because I appreciate when when rappers reference wrestlers that no one else is uh, referencing. And you went ahead and name dropped Razor Ramon. Maybe not everyone's going to know who that is. So, yeah, that's a fucking genius one, I guess. But, um... A lot of the other references just kind of felt like, uh-huh, yeah. Some people say I'm famous. Tell me that I made it. Some other people never heard of me at all. Yeah, that's how, that's how it goes. generally works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got some people on my dick now. Others talking shit now. I'm in I'm in the middle just trying to write these songs. It just sounds so like... Uh. He writes rap songs. <laughs> <laughs> what that boy do? Oh, uh, look at me. I'm the rapper. I'm just trying to make it. Humble old me. It's just like, <sighs> how many times? Like, look. <laughs> and I'm not saying you can't do it, but, like, be You gotta unique, do something different. Be funny. Yeah. Be clever. That's the reason why we care about everyone else telling their story. Because You know what I mean? Yeah, like, the indie shit tends to be so trope-heavy. And I guess it's, like, it, it's weird because you haven't really made a foothold for yourself yet. You exactly, know? and that's why I kind of want to give him leeway a little bit, you know? Yeah, like, no one knows who you are, really. You haven't, you don't have your own cemented identity, so you really don't have anything to to build off of. If you start, you know, bragging like you're the greatest, people are like, well, you haven't proved it to me yet. So these independent dudes have to be like, okay, well, I gotta fucking prove it to them. So I gotta fucking do that. Like I'm leaving it all on the line. I'm fucking. I'm quitting my job. Who did that shit? The I'm, I I quit my job. Wasn't he the dude who was like, uh, so what? I'm living up in my parents' attic. It's not weird or something like that. Oh yeah, that's right. I forget we just recently did Chris Webby that it's like still fresh in my mind. The fucking Wednesday album. It very <laughs> like, well could have been done him. him and other people doing something like him. And him again. So it's <laughs> and, I can't, to... <laughs> and I can't tell the difference. Okay, I will oh. say this. The Vanarchy album was was someone I think who did this. That was the well. quit my job. Yeah, actually. That was the I quit my job to fucking live in a van out in the woods. I live in a van down by the river and recording this. Yeah. That's like, right. That But that had personality to it, you know, especially like ending the first song with that Chris Farley line. That was just so cool, you know? And if anyone else would have sampled that shit, it would have been corny, but he made it work in the context. Exactly. So it's just like, it's not that you can't do that formula, but like, you know, g- give it heart or mm-hmm. give it something clever to it. You know what I mean? Yep. And I mean, I- I'm saying yup like it's easy. I know it's not easy. That's yeah, why I don't uh, fucking do not. it. <laughs> That's why I don't write reps, but you know... It's like, I, it's weird because when, when you do nothing on the show but review albums week after week after week and you see independent artists do it so much better, like, that's what I, that's what I have to go off of. When we've reviewed albums where people blow it out of the fucking water and you look at things like Feral the Earthworm and it looks like the most fucking DIY thing you've ever seen to where 
I'm fucking doing Google searches trying to find out if it's actually Ferrell who requested the album. You know, like, is this some self-produced shit? Like, and if I'm, like, listening to it and I'm amazed that, like, no, like, this is a self-produced thing and it's, like, this is just some guy out there and it's, like, wow, this fooled me. Like, it sounded like it actually could have been, you know, some dude who's been at it for a while. But now in the context of we're fucking reviewing this album and yet the more I think about it, it did end up being a bit better than Wednesday. It's, like, so he got, like, less inspired as he went? That's even worse! Maybe I don't want to hear next Friday, next Wednesday, <laughs> whatever. Next Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> the next one's always worse. Uh, yeah. But I will say this, in the case of David Diggs, like, you know, thank God he didn't stop, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely, no, I don't want anyone to stop, you know, yeah. uh, obviously, you know, your environment, the people you work with, like, man, the fucking features on the David Diggs album were, like, Nothing to write home about. How did you, fuck me, how did you not even mention that Tech 9 was on that album? We completely forgot about him. Be- like, honestly? Because it wasn't very good. What, I, and I was thinking this as I listened to it. As I listened to his verse, I was just like, his verse was like, you because know, you wait for that moment of like, oh, Tech 9, oh, it's time for him to show up the, oh, you just kind of did your verse like about as good as him, huh? You didn't, didn't want to show up your, uh, the new guy, eh? Yeah, that's the thing. He fucking read the room and realized it wasn't worth it. So I was like, ah, this shit ain't worth my A-game. See, I wasn't looking on Spotify to see that it was him, so I'm just sitting there listening, and Tech 9 starts, and it slowly dawns on me. I'm like, oh, this sounds like Tech 9. And then I look at him like, oh, it is Tech 9. This isn't very good. <laughs> ah. <laughs> like, oh, no. But yeah, overall, uh... What would old Chris Webby, on his, on his big old debut, his first day out, what would you end up giving this album? I put a 3.357, and that feels appropriate. Yeah, I, I'm leaning more towards, like, a solid 3, honestly. Like, it didn't blow me away. It was alright. I mean, like, it's above average, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. I, like I said, I would be fine if most rappers sounded like this, but it's not going to be my personal favorite, you know? Like... No, you know, I will say that, you know, even though there wasn't much personality, um, the personality we did get of, like, on the end of, like, just sounded like the dude was having a good time. You know, that yeah. that in itself is usually enough to carry an album, honestly. And, and, and like, I did appreciate that, like, when he did go into the um, Chemically Imbalanced, when he went, he kind of talked about, like, the line from, you know, I was getting these drugs for ADHD and then, you know, I was taking more than I was supposed to, and I was smoking weed with it, and I was doing this with it, and it was just like, oh, shit. You know, he kind of kind of got introduced to the pharmacy through, you know, through the doctor, you know what I mean? Like, he was getting yeah. these drugs legally, you know? like Maybe it says something about the album that, like, I was just saying, oh, well, I should have learned something about you. Yeah, that is something I learned, but 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 I forgot. So, I feel like Sean's album is one of the worst albums I've ever listened to. You know what's funny? Um, when I was looking up people talking about Queen Herbie, um, I saw people drawing comparisons with Crayshawn, and I was like, oh, that's not good. And then another red flag I noticed was that people were like, she needs to do a collaboration with Iggy Azalea. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, that's no. especially not good. <laughs> oh, no. Fucking hang it up. That's a wrap. <laughs> Get out while you still can. It felt specific to the fact of, like, white girl rapping. You know, like yeah. that stigma in and of itself, regardless of whether or not she actually has bars. You know what I mean? And, and that mm. kind of felt like, all right, like, listen. But then I heard her other song. It was like bumping, bumping. And I was just like, 
okay, this is bad. All right, never mind. <laughs> and then she put out the actual album. See, that was just like the the sort of like the song that was released, you know, like, I mean, I think we don't take into account motherfuckers who release songs. You know, it's not planned. It's not on a label. Motherfuckers work on some, sh- some shit and they release it, you know? And mm-hmm. so it's like, all right, that happened to pop off. And then when she got on the label, it was just like, okay, we don't know what to do with this person. Uh, just rap. Ooh, dude, you're really hot. You're on Adderall, and you you have a really high voice. And you, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was just, it was just a nothing personality of an album. Like I remember literally listening to her album, being like, I feel like I retained absolutely none of what I just heard. Uh, <laughs> I, I I fell through that album. That's how I described it. <laughs> A trapdoor opened and you were looking around for something to grab onto. <laughs> just sliding your hands across the walls as you just fell deeper and deeper <laughs> until you finally fell at the other side and you were like, what the hell was that? <laughs> Where was I? That, that's, about a, that's about an accurate description. What the <laughs> hell was that? <laughs> looking back up the hole like, what the? <laughs> now you almost like, feel like you had a time lapse like, what did I just spend the last 40 minutes doing? How long? Uh, like the fucking Angry Beavers episode? Oh, yeah. How long? Oh, long. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I forgot all about that fucking episode. Yeah. That shit made me laugh I can't even so picture the way hard. Norbert says it. How long have we been away? <laughs> and I haven't seen that fucking episode in like 20 years. Dude, that episode is possibly one of, one of the best debut episodes. But yeah, basically, like the whole idea is that, like, oh, we're dude, and it felt so hashtag relatable. Like they're like, oh, we're out of the house. We can stay up as long as we want. And like, I had that flashback when I watched it and being like, oh my god, I remember when I was a kid and being like, can't wait to like, you know, go out in the world. And I can stay awake as long as I want. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna stay awake as long as I want. And then you see the episode, and they're like, this isn't worth it. We're fucking tired of shit. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's about how it goes. <laughs> That about wraps it up uh, for this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. Uh, big thanks to the folks who requested the albums for us to review this week. If uh, if you have an album that you would like to hear us talk about, uh, head on over to either patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse. Uh, check out the pages for details and find out how you can request an album for us to review on this very podcast. We got some other shit going on. We got that. We got our respective uh, Teespring stores. Oh yeah, uh, you can find on our YouTube's. Exactly. Uh, you you can uh, get our Teesprings. Uh, go to our Patreons. Uh, ch- check out your boy Station Head. You does know, saying got a little Station got Head. Got a couple programs going on there. You know, search uh, uh download the app. Search uh, uh rap critic one word. You know what I mean? You'll find me. Meanwhile, I'm trying to make uh I'm trying to make a new a new home on Twitch. Yep. Uh, as the crumbling foundation of youtube looks scarier and scarier um i'm trying to craft that lifeboat oh just i'm definitely in case. On, trying to jump on the ss twitch <laughs> dude it's not bad over here man like there's no nazis or nothing <laughs> um but yeah in, in all reality uh a lot of our content on the uh muse productions page is over on the twitch page now and we're going to try to do some uh, video game streaming also. We tried a test stream on YouTube uh, over the weekend playing some Fallout, and it went really well. Uh, so if that's any indication of how things are going to go on Twitch, might try to make that a thing in our uh, in our spare time. Twitch.tv slash Riffcoms. Uh, for those who are interested, you could uh, give us a follow so you can get the uh, emails and notifications when we go live or when we post new videos 
all that shit. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to us on our independent uh, YouTube uh, channels because we're still posting stuff on there. I'm still posting stuff on there until uh, until it's uninhabitable and I just slide out that back door. But, <laughs> you know, we're hoping it doesn't have to come down to that, honestly. <laughs> but in case it does, it can never we, be too we, careful. We have no brand loyalty is what we're trying to say. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's basically me when I was a kid and I was playing Nintendo and then I was playing Super Nintendo and then the fucking PlayStation came out and I completely ignored the N64. I had no brand loyalty to Nintendo. It was just because it was what was there. And then fucking exactly. PlayStation, I, I, I was I like, never understood that anyway, like, who, who gives a fuck? They don't get... <laughs> no, I was so blown away when I was, like, in school and people were talking about, like, I went over to a friend's house and they had a Sega Genesis instead. I was like, oh, you have a different console than mine. Cool. Do you have different games? Cool. I'll play those. I wasn't like, what the hell? You don't have the gray system I have? Yeah, <laughs> Loser. <laughs> uh, you don't have this. It's like, <laughs> they didn't fucking yell at me about their blast processing or whatever the fuck yeah. Genesis had. <laughs> you don't have the exact same games I have, so now we can't play any other games that would be outside of this system. No, it's basically, oh, cool, I'm at my friend's house. He he has Sonic. I can't I can't play Sonic because I don't have a Sega. This is cool. It was basically when I went over to my friend's house and I had a PlayStation. And I was like, oh, cool, you have Mario Kart? We can play that instead because I don't have that game. Fucking yelling at each other. But now it's all fucking going back to the singularity of how, oh, you can play games on the PlayStation against people who have Xboxes and fucking brands are going to be meaningless and it's all going to be one thing. <laughs> Cool, well, I'll just play video games and, oh my god, it's Ready Player One. Oh, no. <laughs> it, it's Ralph Breaks the Internet. <laughs> oh, no. Why are the harbingers of what's to come in the worst movies of last year? Oh, my god. <laughs> they, tr they tried to warn us, but no one watched. <laughs> because the movie sucked, so it was kind of like, you know. You saw the poster. You saw how long they made his legs. <laughs> I, lo I love the idea of them going like, they tried to warn you, but it was in a really shitty movie, so, you know, I don't blame you. <laughs> the warning signs are all there, but, I mean, it looked so shit, I don't blame you. Uh, but until next week, uh, for the Going Off Podcast, uh, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic, and, you know what, do yourself a favor, go, go watch some Angry Beavers. You know, it's an odd recommendation. I, but... I think I should specify that I mean the cartoon, like someone's gonna be out there. Just looking for an angry beaver to 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 watch, <laughs> to spectate. Go watch some angry beaver <laughs> on fucking National Geographic. <laughs> like this wasn't nearly as entertaining as that rap critic said. <laughs> I saw that one bite the other one. I guess that was funny. <laughs> they weren't talking at all. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> the motherfucker high. <laughs>